There's a word that is on a lot of people's lips lately. It's called secession. To quote Billy Shakespeare, to secede or not to secede. That is the question. And who better to address that question than the sons of history? Let's get to it. Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, everyone. Good night. I hope you enjoyed the show. See you later. Uh, it's the Sons of History podcast. I'm Dustin Bass. And I'm Alan Joaquin. And he's a handsome man, and he does well for himself, wouldn't you say? I could do better if I uh, had a better job, but, you know. <laughs> I could do better. I wish you'd have just ended it. I could do better. You could do far better. Yeah, I think we all could. Couldn't we? Yeah. Uh, maybe not all of us. No, I'm going to take that back. There are some people who could do worse. Much, much worse. It's sort of like Seinfeld when he's, <laughs> he's, <Yeah. laughs> when he's talking to George. Uh-huh. And he's like, I think they were talking about Ted Danson, actually. <laughs> he's like, what oh, is he yes. got that I... He's like, <laughs> he's no better than me. He's much better. He's like... Yeah. You're worse. You're much worse. <laughs> or what? What about uh, Jerry Maguire when uh, that um, that uh, what's his name was saying that he should make as much money as Tony Rice or whatever his name was? Tony Rice or Jerry Tony Rice? Rice? Jerry Rice. Jerry wow. Rice. Whatever. Let's move on. Okay, that's like yeah. one of my favorite all-time football players, and you just said Tony. Rice. Tony I Rice. A, I am not a Niners fan. I think fan. you're talking about the an... Seinfeld episode when he's like, Tony, Tony, Tony. All no, right, ladies I'm and not... gentlemen, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely absurd what we're talking about. Can we go? You want to just get on? Because you're like, Let's... hey, I want to catch the uh, beginning of uh, a yeah. premiere is happening, right? That's right. I've got The Walking Dead coming on in one hour. That's right. We're doing this on a, on a Saturday night, and I have coffee. Right. I've been drinking coffee. I don't know why I'm drinking coffee so late at night. I'll probably be up all night. But hey, who cares? Here we go. Let's start off with our. Well, before we get started, we're going to talk about secession. Mm -hmm. It is on the tip of the tongue, top of the teeth for so many people uh, in so many areas. We're going to touch on that, including our great state of Texas. There's rumblings about let's secede. And we we see that pretty often. Uh, The bumper stickers talking about secession you know yep. and it's just it has like the texas flag and it says secede on there um i think there there are so many countless people who are just irritated for one reason or another about the the direction that this country is going has been going for a very long time um people may think well you know for the past couple of decades or maybe since uh the bush administration or since the Obama administration or in the past four years. No, 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 no. This goes back a hundred plus years. Uh, it's yep. been a slow yet rapid decline toward, uh, well, I would just go ahead and say it, uh, the decline and fall of the Roman empire, which is a book that I've been reading here lately. Uh, mm-hmm. so and I think this is, just, this is just a byproduct of us doing exactly what the founding fathers warned us not to do. Correct. So. And that's what we're going to get to. Uh, yep. We're going to bring in a lot of information. But before we do, let's do the book and movie recommendation. I My book recommendation is one that I've done before. But do you want to go first? 
since I went first uh, last time. Sure. And it's going to be, both of them are going to kind of reflect how the state of whether it's a person or a, or a nation and how, you know, things look up and then they go back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is going to be Flowers for Algernon, which uh, I read that back in high school where, you know, the uh, Charlie was uh, given some kind of a, um, an experimental treatment and, and things went great. But then as the book continues, he suddenly goes back to his old state. Hmm. So yeah, Algernon, I think was a mouse if I remember correctly, but uh, that, that's another, another story here or there, but yeah, uh, haven't read that. Like I said, haven't read that in quite a while, but I do recall it mm-hmm. and I do recall the state of things going great and then going back down. Okay. Um, same thing with the movie that I want to recommend. It's the Roman Polanski version of Macbeth. Now I have brought this one up before, but you know, when, uh, I thought, it, I thought it was a well-made movie. Um, when, when Macbeth uh, takes over, everything looks great, but then things to begin to deteriorate and, uh, you know, doesn't turn quite so well for him. It, hence it's the reason why it's called a tragedy, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Watch the Roman Polanski version of Macbeth. I, I think you'll like it. It's a well-made movie and uh, pretty entertaining. And again, this kind of our discussion is kind of reminds me of both the movie Macbeth and the uh, Flowers for Algernon. All right. All right. So my book recommendation, I've made this recommendation a number of times, um, but it's always a great go to. And I'm going I'm using it because I'm going to reference it a number of times in the conversation. The Federalist Papers, written by John J. Alexander Hamilton and James Madison. Highly encourage, if you've never read them, um, just read them. Uh, Go through them with a marker and a pen uh, and make notes. So you can get an understanding of how our country was, more or less, or our Constitution was put together, uh, why it was put together, and the warnings that we need to adhere to, but nobody in power seems to. Uh, so my movie recommendation is actually a TV show. It's called Alone. It's a History Channel TV show. I think they've got about seven or eight seasons. It's called Alone. I watched some of it the other day. Um, actually, over the course of about, I guess, a week. Dude, this is really intense stuff. They're, I think they're out in Alaska or whatever. So they're, you know, and it's like 10 people. They start out. They're all by themselves. And they have to just, and they're professional survivors. Um but they're put at the extreme. Um, and so uh, it, it, it's really worth worth watching uh, and just giving a, man, so this is what it is to uh, try to survive. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, there was a reason why we started this country as it is. Would you like to start that off, sir? Uh, as the country or as the 13 different colonies? Uh, as the notes declare, you want to read off a certain paragraph. Well, yes. That See, was that's from the, the first... thing. That's how we do the show. It's based on <laughs> notes. And I try my best to go off of those notes. Yeah, but you, you also... See, throw... I have here, there was a reason why we started this country as it is colon your part mm. that's how that goes yes go well, ahead I, 
I thought it was a question, but I will go ahead. Yes. Well, what happened was that there was a certain fellow who wrote a paragraph. Actually, he wrote a document, but the first paragraph stated when, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. That man, of course, was Thomas Jefferson, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure the word when gave it away. No, not we the people. No, not the Constitution. It was the Declaration of Independence. Correct. So your purpose behind wanting to read that? The purpose of that is is that there comes a time when separation is inevitable. Uh It's necessary. And it is the most reasonable and the most logical course that a people should take, especially when they feel that the direction of their, whether it's their country or whatnot, it's just not going the way they feel that it should go. You know, people need to live in the freedom. People need, you know, they don't want tyranny. They don't want um, the direction of their country going a certain way that they don't. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you you have one of two choices. You either go to war to take over or you separate. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to go to war. No. I would rather we just separate. Of course. And, and here I want to reference a couple of, of quotes from the Federalist Papers, um, two pieces, really. Uh, number two by John Jay. He says this. He says this country, and this is sort of trying to convince people of why the Constitution is put together and why these 13 states need to come together and be one, more or less. It says, This country and this people seem to have been made for each other, and it appears as if it was the design of providence that an inheritance so proper and convenient for a band of brethren united to each other by the strongest ties should never be split into a number of unsocial, jealous, and alien sovereignties. Well, that is no longer where we are. We are on the opposite end of that. We are seemingly no longer made for each other. Uh, it is the, the South and the Midwest seem compared to the West coast and even the Northeast, especially the big cities up in the, in the Northeast seem, we seem to have no more, um, I guess, I guess we, we don't have any more, um, things in common than we would in compared to another country in Europe and that's how off it just seems like we couldn't be more different it's very odd that we have we have strayed so far from each other from as they say the the center must hold the center Mm -hmm. is no longer holding Mm -hmm. and if you look if you look well if you if you look at um the the previous uh generations um Mm -hmm. you know let's say when uh, when Nixon and Kennedy both ran for president in 1960 Everybody knew that both men loved their country. Both men were free market capitalists. 
they believe in the rule of law. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they loved American history. Yeah, they, they believed believe in, a, in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom, freedom of religion, strong, freedom of all of these right. things. Strong military, Judeo-Christian principles. Mm-hmm. The difference between the two of them was is that that they they both wanted to do things just a certain way that were just that were just a little different, but the goal was still the same. That is not the case anymore. We are now seeing people who hate their country, mm-hmm. find it to be illegitimate, hate their race, hate religion, they hate God, they hate capitalism, they're socialist. There, there's nothing, nothing that holds us that binds us together. Right. So we become this, as Jay would say, unsocial, jealous, and alien sovereignty. We, we're jealous of each other. Um, mm-hmm. We just, as you said, dislike each other. And this is this is what is happening, despite the fact that we're not neighboring nations; that we're all one nation. Uh, as Hamilton, he he quotes uh, the French philosopher Gabriel de Mably from his principles of negotiations, he says, neighboring nations are naturally enemies of each other unless their common weakness forces them to league in a confederate republic. And their constitution prevents the differences that neighborhood occasions, extinguishing that secret jealousy which disposes all states to aggrandize themselves at the expense of their neighbors. Well, we've become, oddly enough, it seems, natural enemies. And, you know, to an extent, yes, the people of you know certain states comparatively but even more so the the powers that be the governors the the mayors the city councils compared to state to state it's become that way because there are a lot of people let's take for instance California New York compared to Florida and Texas there's a lot of similarities there between those two because you see the mass exodus of people from California and New York to come to Texas or, or Florida. Like you, there are people who are like, we have a common, some commonalities and like, we're no longer welcome in our own state. That's dangerous. That's when you are exiting your state because you no longer feel welcome or you're being um, either economically persecuted or you just do not feel welcome from a social perspective, you have become, you know, unfortunately, like almost enemies of your particular state when you mm-hmm. feel like you have to leave. It's, it's, it's crazy. And so the question is, uh, since you did bring up Shakespeare earlier, to secede or not to secede? That is the question. You know, the Texas legislatures are looking at it. Um, you, 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 there are five Oregon counties. That, what do they want to do? There are five Oregon counties that want to secede from Oregon and join with Idaho. Because they're because, more conservative? Correct. They don't, they don't like what they're seeing, say, in the town, in the city of Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, P- Portland. I wonder why. That's weird. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, Antifa is uh, running amok. Um, p- police are attacked. Civilians are attacked. Antifa has become the brown shirts right. of of our modern society. Mm-hmm. They they are allowed they are allowed to do whatever they want. The media doesn't call them out. Mm-hmm. Our government supports them because they say, "Oh, they're just an idea." Now, now those are the very words of our current president, yeah. Joe Biden. His very words are, "They're just an idea." 
Jerry Nadler, who who heads uh, one of the uh, committees uh, in the House, mm-hmm. stated that, um, that very same I believe, thing. yeah, 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 that you know, so th- so what they're doing it's is they're myth. turning, yeah, it's a myth. They're turning their back on the violence that is committed by Antifa, mm-hmm. which is repeating over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and they seem to want to concentrate strictly on what happened on January the 6th. And that's it. Just that one day Mm -hmm. they, they will ignore the hundreds of days committed by Antifa and are fixated with one day and are about to set in motion new laws, new rules to suppress our first amendment rights and possibly our second or second amendment based on what happened on that one day. Yeah. So these five Oregon counties want to secede and become a part of Idaho. And I, I do kind of see that as being a remedy. And, and we will, I'm sure, as the, as the press secretary will say, we'll, we'll circle around on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me circle back to you. Yeah, we'll circle yeah. back. Thank you. I'm trying to find the right word. Um, well, you on know, this. to an extent, like, I don't, like, there was... Um, there was something, I don't know, a referendum or something put forth in California, I think a year or two ago, to split it into three states or whatever. California? Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I heard that too. And it's like, no, 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 no. No. That would give, you know, the Democrats even more, you know, senators and, and rep, you know, well, not maybe representatives, but more senators. Um, at least two more senators, right? Because I think one of them was going to be Northern California, which I think is pretty conservative. Um, And I'm like, no, that's, that's a terrible idea. But from a state perspective, from an individual perspective, living in a state that you're like, man, this place is going to crap. uh, I can understand that. I can understand saying, you know, sort of like what you're saying with the the five Oregon counties, like this state sucks. This, this state is turning into a poop hole because we've got people in the big cities or in large areas that are running this thing into the ground, despite the fact that the, the rest of the state, wonderful. Right. It's sort of like the same with Washington and Seattle and, and like King County. You know, they're running that, that place right into the ground. Uh, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. The, 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 the downside is, though, there was a secession once, and it did not turn out very well. Yes, yes, there there was. Um, I believe you're talking about what happened in 1861. Is that correct? I think so. If, <laughs> if yeah. memory serves. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a that. And, and you know, and and I do believe that you know we we've had discussions on the whole Civil War thing, and I'm, and I'm not going to sit and go back into that. Well, slavery was bad. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going mean, to do. We, I, we, you, but yeah. yeah. We've we're already we've already done on, that enough. on secession. Yeah, we're right. Not, we're not on an on apology tour. We're talking about secession, like you're right. seceding for whatever reason that you feel is uh is right. is the defining moment or the the reason for it uh, to to do it. Right. And now we have numerous reasons that people put forth on why we gotta we gotta go out on our own. Um, and the, the thing is, is like you said at the top of the show, civil war, you don't want to have a war. You would like to just be able to, to get, to get out. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. reference the sort of the breaking point, um, 
before we get into what is the breaking point? We, we, you know, are we going to secede? Are we not going to secede? Um, I have, there are reasons to do it. There are reasons to not do it. And those could possibly be countless. Um, but I want to reference what Hamilton wrote in Federalist Paper 9. He quoted uh, Charles Montesquieu. Hello? Um what? You know, you, no, you, I'm sorry. You, you cut out. I didn't hear anything you just said for the last 10 seconds, five seconds. Really? Yeah. What did you last hear? I don't recall. I just remember that I, there was a silence. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start over in a certain area. Okay. So there are numerous reasons I'm quite certain uh, to secede or not to secede. Those could probably be countless. I, I want to reference sort of the breaking point. Like, what is the breaking point? Um, and I want to reference Hamilton in his Federalist Paper number 9, where he quotes uh, Montesquieu regarding the Confederate Republic, uh, which is what we are. We are a, a Confederate uh, confederacy of republics. Um, he said, this form of government is a convention by which several smaller states agree to become members of a larger one, and that the definition of a confederate republic seems simply to be an assemblage of societies. But, but here's, here's the kicker. He goes on to say, so long as the separate organization of the members be not abolished, the states, so long as it exists by a constitutional necessity, which needs to be respected, the Constitution, for local purposes, hello, um, local government, state governments, though it should be in perfect subordination to the general authority of the Union, which would be the Constitution, Bill of Rights, it would still be, in fact, an in theory, an association of states or a confederacy. Well, that's what we are. But now, over time, it is centralized government. Power from one area, D.C., over the entire union. And there are states that are like, okay, that's cool. There are states like here in Texas where we're like, no, that is not good. Um, not good at all. But what, what would you say is, is the breaking point? Well, I mean, I I like to point at what happened with, uh, say, Mexico. You know, in Mexico, you had countless revolutions regarding the centralists versus the uh, the federalists. And what is the breaking point? The breaking point is at the point where you, within your state, feel like whatever is in the federal government, whatever is in D.C., doesn't represent what you want. It, it's not the direction that you want to go. And when you complain, you're immediately dismissed. You're immediately round, you're immediately thrown into, oh, you must be one of those people who stormed the Capitol. Yo, you must be one of those people who think Biden's win was illegitimate. And, and, and the list goes on and on and on of right. the things that is said where the complaint or the grievance you have is going to be dismissed simply because of guilt of association. So I think that's where part of the breaking point is going to be, where you just say, look, I, I've had enough of this. Yeah. And, you know, all of this, all of this could have been avoided had we followed the Constitution as it was originally written. Mm -hmm. Had we had we listened to the founding fathers and 
followed what they warned us about, listened to what they warned us about, and did what they suggested, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Right. But here we are. What is the breaking point? The breaking point is when the federal government doesn't follow the Constitution and usurps the powers of the states and the people, mm -hmm. the will of the people. Yeah. That, that's the breaking point. Yeah, because now you're coming up with, um, and we've talked about this on the show, laws that are unlawful. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going, and people who have for the longest time, the, the Democrats or the left do not want to take away your guns. They don't want to take away your guns. Like that's an argument that doesn't even stand up anymore. It yeah. just doesn't stand up anymore. They're like, no, they just want to keep society safe. Really? Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. So gun control is is one of those things that is a breaking point for some people because they say, hey, you're going to do away with my Second Amendment? And then that is one of the things that apparently a lot of people who may not know history, they do know that much. And it may be because, you know, they, they're in the NRA or they just follow a lot of the, the gun control issues is, you know, things that happen in Europe, let's say, you know, Nazi Germany or Soviet Russia or places like that to where their guns or their weapons were confiscated. Uh, and then all of a sudden you had the ultimate tyranny, you know, take place. So they're like, no, we're not going to have that. We're going to be able to defend our home. So that's a breaking point. Another breaking point um, is sort of like, you know, the social justice movement where you're mm -hmm. like, you are going to have to undo the rules of law in order to administer a different type of rule of law, which is based on race, ethnicity, gender, sexual preference. It's not going to be based on actual justice. Well, did you see that interview uh, Bill Maher had with Megyn Kelly? I did. Okay. Uh, for our audience, if they did not, Go look at go look at the video. It, it's it just came out where Bill Maher, he's no friend to the conservative movement, but even he's he, getting he's becoming more of a, <laughs> a friend to it. It's crazy. Yeah, he's he's starting to he's starting to realize that that now now he will talk about extremism and he will he will point at Trump and say that he considers Trump an extremist. Mm -hmm. But but he at the same time and, and I'm not going to say. You know, I'm not going to get into that because that's another one of those rabbit holes that we don't right. want to discuss. No. But but in this case, he recognizes that there's a difference between liberals and leftists. And I know he considers himself a a liberal or what the classical word for liberal is. But the but the liberals today who are in power, who run the schools, they're not liberals. These are leftists. Right. And Megyn Kelly was talking about how eight year old kids are being taught certain things such as hating your race mm -hmm. or or they're discussing they're discussing sexual topics. Yeah. Why in the world would you want an 8-year-old to have a topic in school about about, you know, sex or or sex or gender or anything right. of that yeah. sort? Yeah. I mean it's sick. Yeah. It, like it is you're sick. warping the freaking kids' minds. And and to me it's like that's the purpose. That has to be the reason. Like you mm -hmm. are a perverted mind that is coming in and trying to destroy the next generation. That's the only way that I, I can, I can like, there's no other reason why you, you must have completely destroyed your conscience and said, you know what? 
let's bring in ultimate perversion into the elementary schools. That's the only way that I see it. And then you've got people, parents even, they're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Why? I mean, if that wasn't cool, if that wasn't acceptable in some of these states or in some of these counties, in some of these states, then it wouldn't be happening there. We need to understand that this is not strictly a governmental thing. That is that is the power behind it. But parents and activists and morons are pushing for this type of education. So it's not strictly, oh, we got to vote this person out of office. No, not strictly that. Yes, but not strictly that. You've got to do, you got to look at yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and say, what have we done in our community to get to this point? Well, we are allowing things to happen. We are not putting a stop to it. Mm -mm. And that's where this comes in. And it's our fault. Yes. I'm going to just say it. It's our fault. We're allowing to, we, we are allowing it to happen. We, I haven't seen anything where people are trying to put a stop to it. Right. So, and it's going to continue. And this is why people who have complained, who have demanded that, that we put a stop to some of this and, and those complaints are being just dismissed or being ignored. Yeah. This is where people are going to say, fine, you, you know, you don't like you, you. You're not going to listen to what I have to say. I'm going to pull my kids out of school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now make this a much bigger issue, and it's no longer I'm going to pull my kids out of school. It's going to be more of I'm going to pull my state out of this country, yeah. or I'm going to pull you know the area that I live in out of this country or out of this state, which is what we're seeing in Oregon. Mm-hmm. If you don't listen, you know I, I, I'm I'm very I'm very strong on. If there are certain things that you don't like, either you're going to have to move, which is what I did. I, I moved out of California and came back to Texas. If you don't like the way things are run and you have no chance in hell of making um, any progress, then you really should go live in a state that follows the way you like things done. You know, if you're if you're a hardcore leftist who lives in Texas or Florida, you know, go go move up to the Northeast or go move out to the West Coast. And vice versa. If you li- if you're living in San Francisco like I did, and you you just can't stomach all the politics that you're seeing, go live in a state where, you know, you're with your kindred spirits. Right. But what? But when you have a strong central government that is imposing its will on everybody, and I mean everybody, mm-hmm. and and they're and they're forcing you to change where you're living, they're forcing you to change. That's when people. I've had enough. Yeah. And, that's and, and you reference, you know, people like you and me, like on the right, mm-hmm. um, conservatives, Christian conservatives. Correct. Um, and even if, you know, not Christian conservatives, just conservative values, uh, you know, there are plenty of other religious conservatives, you know, Muslim, Hindus, uh, Jewish people. They are, you know, they're conservative, but their voice gets canceled out and and cancel culture is hit hard. And, you know, some of the left, like on like Bill Maher is coming back and saying uh, this cancel culture is not going to end well. Mm -hmm. It's just like 
you defeat the idea, one, the American idea, which is uh, the, the basis, the founding of, uh, you know, the basis of the founding of the, of the country, which was deliberation and debate. You know, you didn't get, there was a reason why the Federalist Papers were written. Because the anti-federalist papers were being written, you know, it's like there was the ultimate debate right there on the Constitution itself. Yeah, I mean, they were trying to reassure the people. At that point, it was the people of New York mm-hmm. to say, "Look, I know what your fear is. Don't worry, it's not going to happen." And and we're, you know, like, you know, Madison was saying, "What kind of a what madness uh, would allow a government to control us to mm-hmm. assert the power of the states?" Right. He's like, "The Americans are just not capable of allowing that to happen." Right. But they wrote the federal, you know, John Jay and Alexander Hamilton and uh, James Madison wrote the Federalist Papers to reassure everybody, hey, all these fears that we are switching from one tyrant 3,000 miles away to either one or several, you know, just uh, a few hundred miles, relax, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You, we, the 13 colonies, where I'm sorry, sorry we, the 13 states, mm-hmm. We're going to keep our power. We're going to keep the, the way things are. And we're going to limit what this uh, this government, this general government coming out of whether it's in New York or D.C. or or Philadelphia, that we're going to limit its powers. Well, things have flipped. And as we see, the very things that they warned us about, mm-hmm. it has now come to pass. Now, in terms of not only just that, but, you know, like we're going through a list of, of some of the stuff, um, you know, like. We just talked about the cancel culture where, you know, it started off with the Confederate statues and, you know, we warned people it's not going to stop with the Confederate statues. Right. You know, it's going on with now, you know, Christopher Columbus. It's going on with priests. Mm-hmm. It's going on with George Washington, yeah. um, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. There was a, there was a statue of Abraham Lincoln that was just moved, I think, in Boston. Yep. Um, yep. You know, some you know, the, I, I'm I'm hearing from people who are saying that Abraham Lincoln was not good enough in terms of of, uh, of freeing the slaves. That that there were certain things that he should have done and he didn't do. Yeah, it really is mind-boggling. But that's where we are. It's yeah. it is the the old adages are true, are absolutely true. And it one of them is, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile, and that's what it is. It's like you give people an inch who are nuts out of their mind, who are like, we'll show you, we'll destroy all this property. And you're like, okay, but please don't go any further. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't work that way, kid. Nope. So, yeah, um, you know, TV, you know, we, we looked at like some of the uh, TV shows. We look at uh, just some, some products, you know, like you know, the syrup, butter. Yeah, Mrs. Buttersworth. Uh, it wasn't, yeah, wasn't uh, Mr. Potato Head just uh, removed for some reason? I don't know. Aunt Jemima, is that another one? Aunt Jemima, yeah. And, well, we're talking about syrup. Yeah, Aunt Jemima, you had uh, Mrs. Butterworth, Uncle Ben's rice. Uh, we had the the Cleveland, I think it was Cleveland, Cleveland Indians, Indians. Wa- Washington, yeah, Washington Redskins. Redskins. Um. I mean, does this mean that the Houston Texans is going to have to change its name? If we, if we, I don't know, secede from the union or something. Yeah, well, no, but it. I mean, you know, if if you can't have, if you can't use a uh, a Native American as a logo, then why would we want a Texan as a logo? 
Well, it's a cow. Well, no, you got a bull, but no, the Houston Texans has to deal with the fact that, you know, Texans. I get it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Don't make me. <laughs> don't make you think. Yes. Yeah. Don't make me think because that hurts. That hurts my brain. I know. And I apologize. <sighs> well, it, exactly. It's like it's one thing after another and everything is excused. Like, oh, well, it's insensitive. Well, it's insensitive. Well, it's insensitive. It's offensive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. all the same. It's mm-hmm. all like, well, that's that is really insensitive. It's really offensive. And here's what really pisses me off. And I was telling uh, his, there's a, a couple that I, I meet up with. Uh, they he used to go to Young Life. He graduated mm-hmm. a few years back. And I go, it's all these white people. It's all these liberal white people who are just they're going nuts. And it's this apology tour. Constantly feel guilty about being white. Um, and it's like, it's nonstop. And I, I, I got on that because I, we were sitting there at Pluckers restaurant and Mm -hmm. this commercial comes on by the ad council. Right. And it's one of the most overly racist commercials I've ever seen ever. Sands like post 1950 or whatever. Anyways. Um, and it's all of these like minority groups. It's like um, black, Asian, Hispanic, um, Muslims, and they're all trying to interact, I guess, with white people. Mm-hmm. And they're getting like the, all the white people are rude, and it's talking about them not feeling accepted. And it puts white. It's just like it is a extremely anti-white ad campaign and i was like you've got to be kidding me like this is you know it started off with uh well it didn't start off with that but you remember the decolonize your bookshelf yes that npr put together last year yes i remember that like what is going what is going on it's it's this constant colonialism white privilege which it's like when you take somebody to task on white privilege which i've done a number of times all they all they say is you don't see it. You just you don't see it because you're white. I'm like, really? And so I start like naming off all of the reasons why like how did, you know, me being white assist me in, in this instance, in this instance. You know, what so it's but it's never here I can give you the the reasons and and all this stuff like statistics, right? Mhm. Um, and I can throw statistics at them way better than, than they could throw. And it would be the statistics that they would use against me, but I would be able to turn it against them. Right. It's like, I don't understand like how this, and that's like what 60% of the population where you're just saying, um, you know, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right. Like Coca-Cola. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you need to drink a Coke and be less white. Exactly. It's like it, the the overt racism in the age of anti-racism is, is ironic, hilarious, and sickening all at the same time. Well, I'm glad I'm not white. I uh, wouldn't be, want to be considered a self-loather. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what i'm saying you know i mean yeah i mean i i'm i 
I can't tell you how many discussions I've had where people go, you don't understand because you're white. And I'll tell them, well, well, wait a minute. Actually, I'm not a Caucasian in terms of European. You know, my, my family is Middle Eastern. I'm more of a Semite or, a, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's what I tell people. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't throw that at me. So sometimes I'll I am forced to to use the the race card or, or whatever card you want to call that. But it's simply funny. Because, it's like that they say that to you. Yeah. That is 100% judging a book by its cover, judging Correct. somebody based on their skin color, and you get right. it wrong. Right. And you know, and now we've had discussions about what happened to me in school, middle school and in high right. school, how I was bullied by the very same people who today judge me as being racist mm-hmm. because I'm not a self-loathing white man. Right. And and that's where I go, wait a minute, hold on a second. Who are you to judge me as a white person? Mm-hmm. And you, you, you didn't even consider me as a white person back in the day. Now that I am, now I have to be a self-loather like you. The irony of the whole thing yeah. is, is mind-boggling. And, you know, I, I don't – it's you know, if you listen to Dr. Thomas Sowell, Thomas Sowell will say things like, you know, slavery – and I know a lot of people, white people in this country, are upset and ashamed because of slavery. Well, Dr. Thomas Sowell is sitting there saying that you know slavery is not an indictment of America or white people. Slavery is an indictment on humanity. Yeah, it, it has. You know, you read books from from you know like Herodotus, and Herodotus talks about slavery, and you know slavery. Um, slavery goes back. You know, India and China practiced slavery you know far more than what happened in say the united states yeah and last i checked indian and i'm not talking about native american indians i'm talking about sub indian subcontinent indians Mm -hmm. those indians and those in in chinese they don't look white to me i don't know maybe i'm wrong here but just a thought and then africans you know african black africans Sub-Saharan Africans practice slavery. North Africans practice slavery. The you know if you read up about the uh, the Barbary pirates, they enslaved people. So where this whole anti-white, self-loathing, anti-colonialism, anti-Western Europeanism, it's a lot of it has to do with the schools. How you know this is being taught, yeah. and it's it's moving into reparations. And reparations is now being discussed. Uh, Former President Obama stated, yep, it's time for reparations. It's the constant, it's the constant complaint. Like, if you don't have, it's just, what is it? Ingratitude, I guess, would be the easiest way to sum it up. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't have anything worth saying. You, You don't, you can't build anybody up. You can't talk about anything positive. Like, think about it. Think about all the messages, the media, more or less, that we consume. How much of it is positive? How much of it is uplifting? Even if you laugh at it, it's typically sarcasm mm-hmm. about something. We, we live in this age of cynicism so much that it has become just part of our everyday communication. It's just our vocabulary now. And so, which is why you have groups that, 
all they do is complain about whatever state that either they are in or that somebody else is in. Like, it's always something to complain about. It's always demonizing someone. And Mm -hmm. this is causing a complete infringement on freedom of speech. Because even if there isn't laws out there, you are hounded for saying whatever. And so you are forced or you're coerced um, by self-censorship. Like, you're just like, oh, do I feel like dealing with the backlash from saying this? Do I feel like saying anything complimentary about the founding of the country on social media? It's like, because even if you even if you come up with something good to say, somebody's going to be like, oh, yeah. And they just they come out of the woodwork. It's in this is not a good place to be in. It's not a good place to be in. I don't care what country you're in. If you were if you were there and that is the only way to communicate with each other is to tear down or to diminish or to insult. The next step is is violence like that's I'm not advocating for that at all, but I'm just saying like that is humanity. Like it's sort of like if you got into a fight at school, you didn't just walk up and punch somebody. There was something that took place. There was a conversation that got heated, as they as they say. You mm-hmm. said something, that person said something back, and it typically wasn't a compliment. So where we're heading is, and I, I, I've talked about that before, like we're no longer heading, we're there. Like we've already got violence in the streets. We've had it for the for quite some time. You could go all the way back to like the Obama administration, you could go all the way back to, you know, Bush one. Um, it's just like this powder keg is constantly being lit. And then once that explodes, they usher in another powder keg. That's actually a pretty good analogy. Yeah. I like that. So Very good. You should be a poet. I think I'm working on it. Um, the equality act. I just want to touch on this people. You need to look at that, uh, real quick. Cause that's a jacked up thing. Um, the Equality Act was just passed by the House. It's going before the Senate. And a lot of times the House has passed crap um, over the American American history uh, that the Senate's like, this is a really stupid idea and we're not going to pass it. Um, so thank God for the Senate. Uh, the Senate is just full of smarter people. It's just, let's just cut to the chase. That was the reason for having the Senate in the first place. It's like, mm-hmm. you're going to have just better, smarter people in the Senate compared to the House. Um, Now, let's talk about, let's skip on over to the pros and cons of secession. I can think of two pros. One, there would be less conflict, possibly. But yeah, no, there would be less conflict. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm talking (laughs) post-secession, like way post, because... Immediately after the first secession in 1861, that was major conflict. Um, But it would divide up the two ideologies. I think people would feel free to move in. Um, You made this reference, I think, a couple of weeks ago. You would have a return to the Berlin Wall, where it's just like two ideologies on each side of that fence. Mm -hmm. And we can guarantee you, 
that it would be a massive increase from what we're seeing now from places like California and New York, where we're not going there. They're coming here. I wish I wish more people on the left would understand that. Right. We created an economic system. We created an economic system that works or, you know, we, we practice an economic system that works. They don't. But when they come here, they then want for us to adopt what they left. Uh, granted, this is going to be anecdotal, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's a guy that I talk to at my gym quite frequently and he was telling me how his boss is from Belgium and his, you know, now the, the kid I talked to, he's kind of an impressionable guy. Um, but he was like going, yeah, he was telling me about how in Belgium they give them like this annual salary and, and medical care is free and this and that. And I said to him, if he's, if he's from Belgium and things are so great, why did he leave? Why is he here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he shrugged his shoulders, I guess, opportunity maybe. I said, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I said, what has, other than, you know, maybe waffles and chocolate, what has Belgium <laughs> created that's, you know, if you're from Belgium and you want to uh, be an inventor or create something that the whole world is going to enjoy, you're not going to do it in Belgium. You're going to come to the United States because mm-hmm. this is where the opportunity is. And I and I said that the opportunities that we are given where people can be, you know, be the best that they can be competition. You know, like if you look at between the iPhone and the Android, how those two compete to be the better product, which which usurped the power of the BlackBerry because, you know, they were better. You know, you come to the United States. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you think about America compared to all the other countries, the song that comes to my head is, You're simply the best, better than all the rest. Okay. (laughs) Alrighty then. (laughs) Alrighty then. You're welcome. I had to do it. I I waited. Uh, Mm -hmm. I got... You you know you kept talking and then I felt like you had you had come to a close on that time. Well, I I piped yeah, yes, I I felt that that was the right way to go. So, but yeah, you know this. Uh, but it, what, it's, here are some. Let's talk about some of the cons, though. I think we've okay. talked about like here, the reasons why um, you're wanting to get out of the union. Uh, a lot of people want to get out of the union. Here are some of the cons I want to. Mention because I'm talking about state by state basis, right? Let's just say Texas says we're out, right? Texas, um, war, we've discussed that in a limited fashion. Um, that wouldn't be good by nope. force. You're you're forced to stay in the union. Um, there would be you know the Insurrection Act would probably put into place. Um, it would be, all right, we're coming in and we're going to depose, you know, the governor and whoever else, um, lockdown, whatever. That's not good. Uh, sanctions. If you did that, it's like, okay, we're going to sanction you. And now your economy is going to plummet. Um, it's like, well, we, we have, have the port system. Well, if nobody's, you know, able to come to the ports, uh, you're not really going to help each other. You know, if you can't get stuff from the other states, you, everything's going to have to come from Texas. So that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, military power in comparison to, shoot, Texas compared to even, say, uh, Mexico. I don't know how, how we would fare there, um, especially if, you know, I haven't looked, 
but I don't know how much military might belongs to Texas compared to what belongs to the federal government. Um, so if you have all of these depots, um, I think that pretty much belongs to the national government. So uh, you're surrounded by opposing countries. That's not good. And well, I don't think I don't think uh, I don't think Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana would be an opposing country. Well, let's just say that it was just Texas that that seceded, though. Mm-hmm. You have America, and then Texas, and Mexico, right? And Mexico's been wanting us back for a long time. You know that's true. Oh yeah, You've been dying to get us back. Yep. Uh, so it, it, it sort of comes down to sustainability. Are you able to right. be sustainable for 27, 29 million people? Um, I think there would be a massive, you know, exit from Texas into America just for economic reasons. Um, and I think that if you did wind up doing more than just, um, Texas seceding, I think you would turn it into a, a Europe type of continent, uh, which Alexander Hamilton in Federalist Paper number eight references, he said, if we should be disunited and the integral parts should either remain separated or, which is most probable, should be thrown together into two or three confederacies, we should be in a short course of time in the predicament of the continental powers of Europe. Our liberties would be a prey to the means of defending ourselves against the ambition and jealousy of each other. And that, I think, is is a predicament. And now, I, what do you what do you think? As I want to, I want to bring the show well, to a close, but I want to add a couple of things too. Well, again, I'm 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 going to state that I do believe that if Texas were to secede, I think there would be some states that would follow us. Right. I I'm, I do not see it just being Texas and then that's it. I don't. Mm-hmm. Because, no, no, I agree. Yeah, because uh, for one thing, uh, the electoral college would shift greatly in favor of the left. And then you're just going to have these other states, you know, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, we're not going to stick around uh, because now California, New York, Illinois are going to dominate and we don't want, we're, we're nope, we're done. Yeah. We're, we're out of here. So, and you know, it'll, and it'll be like, <clears throat> it'll be kind of like what happened. Uh, I don't know if you remember the old Southwest conference where the, uh, the Southwest conference involved uh, nine schools from Arkansas and Texas and then Arkansas left, and then it, it just fell apart after that. So that's kind of how I see what is going to happen. And it, it, it is one way to avert a war if people are not going to change. If the federal government and the left are not going to change and they're going to demand that we live by the way they want to live mm-hmm. because they want things better. We, ju- we, we are backward. We, you know, but... You know, we want things to be better. And the only way to do it is to follow this progressive path. Yeah. Well, if if it's going to remain that way, it's going to have to be either war or secession. It's just going to have to. Yeah. And I think so, the only way that a secession would be doable is mm-hmm. if you negotiated it. That is what did not happen in 1861. Mm-hmm. It was just... Lincoln won? Yeah, we're out of here. Mm-hmm. And they, they just up and left. I think if you negotiate a secession, um, and, it, and it comes down to sort of like your reference to the, the beginning of the Declaration of Independence, creating our you know own, because of what you're saying, it's like, oh, you guys are so backwards, you need to be like us. 
separate and equal station, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and it would be, it would be, you know, it would behoove us to declare the causes which, you know, impel us to the separation. Mm-hmm. So we would need to say, look, here's why we're leaving. Let's make a negotiation and we can still benefit each other. But this is not working. This just is not working. 240 years, but it no longer is working. Sorry. 245. So I think if you negotiate that secession, it, it would be much better. You negotiate with other nations then, because currently you can't obviously do that. It's against the Constitution for states to negotiate with other countries on their own, create their own treaties, or even to negotiate, you know, with other states, right? But it comes, right. you know, you like, okay, let's start negotiating. Let's put this stuff together. Um, and, and it's sort of a Brexit type of thing. We're going to be leaving by this date, Right. And have hopefully come to some type of understanding um, to where you don't have an all out war, because I do agree that I and I think we've referenced this. I think it would come down to about three confederacies where you have or maybe two. But I think three, I think you would have the Midwest and the South combine as one. um, And then you would have the West Coast and then you'd have the Northeast. I really think that that would probably come down to that. And I, I don't know, maybe some of even uh, the northeastern states would want to to join in uh, with us. Who knows? And, you know, maybe the northeast and, and the west coast want to combine as, as one nation. Or maybe they just want to join Canada. So, who knows? I think maybe the best alternative is, like we've discussed before, maybe just a couple of confederacies. And then we just work together. So in a way, I think that we can maintain a peace. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that would impact the world. Probably probably not good because a lot of people come here uh, to escape whatever. But maybe they just, you know, fill up the, the South and, and Midwest, um, depending on the policies that that new country were to put in, into place as far as immigration goes. Yeah. So who knows, man? But it's, uh, as of right now, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I love this country, but this ain't working. There's got to be a change that, that comes into place. Otherwise, it is the, the Roman Empire. It's well, just, it's, gonna, I mean, it's coming apart. We want the country as our founders envisioned. We don't want the country that the progressives are pushing us towards. Right. Because we, there's a reason why they shift from Europe or Asia into Europe, or Russia into Asia into Europe into the UK, and now here or Canada and into Latin America, and it's we're the last ones. They've gotten here. This is the last place, and they ruin everything that they touch, more or less. We're talking about leftists. We're not talking about liberals. We're talking Correct. about the people who were just—they're nonstop complainers. Everything is wrong. Everything is wicked. Everything that was done beforehand, no good. Trash. We got to get. We got to get rid of it. We got to change it. And it's just like, well, yeah, you're gonna have a real fight on your hands, um, diplomatically, or if, if you don't watch it uh, in a in a in a much worse way that goes back to 1861. And I, that is freaking not what anybody 
well, who knows, man? There may be people who really want that, and they're yeah. freaking weird. Um, so well, we don't want war. We want we want people to live the way they want to live. Self determination. Exactly. Like Paul said, you know, do your best to live peaceably with all men. The Apostle Paul, not like a, not like Paul, who like it's a mutual friend of ours, who I don't think we have a mutual Paul. So, yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> all right. Speaking of Paul, let's jump to the scripture as we like to do we like to end every episode on a scripture this is romans 16 17 speaking of the roman empire and speaking of paul he says i urge you brothers and sisters to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned that is a direct reference to us and not just in the bible of course he's you know talking about that um but with the Constitution and how this country is, is made up uh, and, and the basic principles. And he says, keep away from them. <whistles> secession, anyone? I don't know. Maybe this is the great secession scripture. <laughs> so, all right, man. Where can people find us, brother? They can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And our very own site, www.thesonsofhistory.com. And thank you for not going through all those other stinking ones that we have. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings our show to an end. Alan has got to go watch The Walking Dead. We'll talk to you later.